Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. Today's going to be a fun episode. If you haven't heard my last episode of Missed Opportunities, uh, please refer back to it. It's a fantastic episode. This kind of follows up on that. And the reason why I want to do it is the fact that that episode is right now my number one episode. So missed opportunities, well now we have new opportunities. And I really don't want you to miss these new opportunities here in Thailand and how it relates to the current landscape in, you know, whether it's domestic economics or worldwide economics. But I want to talk about today is what are we doing? What am I doing? What, is my, what are my family's financial plans? So again, this is no financial advice. I just kind of want to give you an idea of how we're aligning our portfolio, how we're strategically making changes due to what's happening to the world economy. So let's talk about a little bit of what's been going on lately. So it is September 2022. We are coming up to Q4. Can you believe how fast this time has gone? It just amazes me. Uh, the time that just flies by and it's so true as you get older and older every day just seems to be like a literal blur and my wife and I came back uh, from Pattaya so I, I also just did a very in-depth episode of some updates in Pattaya and Jiangtian uh, so refer that to refer back to that episode if you want to know what's new and what are some of the things that what should I say is, why, after talking so much smack about Pattaya, why I still talk smack about Pattaya, and why that is still considered the armpit of Thailand, even after this recent trip, and also what are some fantastic new things that's happening right next door in Jiangtian, and why Jiangtian Beach is your better bet to live even if you like the nightlife of Pattaya, it's just better to live in Jiangtian as opposed to Pattaya. So what's happening in the economic world right now is not much has changed. It's only gotten worse and worse. Inflation is still climbing um, and the U.S. government is still claiming that even though we have two consecutive quarters of decline, that we're not officially in a recession, Consumer debt is increasing, and it looks like a strong possibility that the Fed is going to raise another 75 basis points towards the end of September. And in addition to that is housing is close to popping. Did you know that one in five homes in America that's being listed has reduced their price? So. Some of the missed opportunities that I talked about, and, I, and I've been hounding everyone since last year, since all of 2021, since the beginning of 2022, is sell your home. Because literally, you could probably buy that home back for 25% less, 35% less in a not so near future. And especially if you're planning to move whether it's domestically around the different part of your country or move out of your country to a place like Thailand, don't wait. 
sell your home now because these prices, the inflated prices for real estate in places like the United States really only comes around every decade or so. You know, every single investor, whether it's a real estate investor, crypto investor, commodities or equities will tell you this. Through experience, nobody, no matter how many years, how many decades you've been doing the same exact thing investing, it is extremely hard and everybody still makes mistakes. It's extremely hard to time your entry and exit of, exit of a particular market or an asset. What I'm trying to say is trying to sell at the absolute peak at the high, that's difficult. Or trying to enter a market and buy the absolute low, that's also extremely difficult. doesn't matter how much experience you have. The best you can do is time it accordingly where you are buying close to the low and you're selling close to the high. But unfortunately, most retail investors seem to buy high and sell low because they're so emotionally tied to their asset. Where, for an example, let's give crypto as an example. Let's put crypto and equities together. Let's say that you bought some stock, you bought, you bought some Bitcoin, you bought it last year at a high point and it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. But you don't want to take the loss because if you take the loss, that's going to mean you, you did something stupid and everyone is telling you, don't buy crypto, don't buy uh, these stocks. But if you sell, you're just proving to them that you're dumb, you made a mistake. So you hold on to it for dear life and just watch it go 25% less, 50% less, 75% less. And in some crypto tokens, 90% from its highs. And now you're just sitting here with a bag of lousy stocks and lousy crypto. Where every top investor will put in their stop losses, the market's going down. The idea is to exit so you have enough money to play another day. And I want to talk about playing another day and what we're doing. I don't foresee interest rates coming down anytime soon. I don't foresee the Fed's making any right decisions that's going to bring inflation down to 4% or even a goal of 2%. And I don't foresee the US dollar staying this strong. You know, one of the advantages right now is a strong dollar because of these Fed rate increases, increase in interest rates and so forth. It's made the US dollar extremely strong. And we've seen that with now the US dollar is on par with the Euro, one for one. And for once, one day, the Euro actually was below the dollar. But right now today, the dollar is strong. You're seeing a lot of investors, just from rich people to that aren't managing a hedge fund or anything like that, just smart investors that are putting their money in the dollar. Same with large groups like 
BlackRock that are pretty piling their money in the US dollar and also piling their money into real estate assets. Because putting your money in the US dollar is kind of a holding pattern for investors. Because they don't want to put in any other currency because other currencies are devaluating. So with the US dollar being this strong, it makes sense to put your money in a US dollar and real estate as a holding pattern. So what are you going to do? What's your plan B after that? Most people don't have a plan B, let alone a plan A. So the US dollar is strong. And to give you a little bit of history, were you aware just not so long ago, the Thai bot was actually considered one of the strongest currencies in the world. Not so long ago, the Thai bot was 30 to 1. So 30 Thai bot to 1 US dollar. Well, fast forward just a couple years later to today, the Thai bot is hovering, getting close to 37 to 1. I think today it's right around 36.7, 36.8. Analysts believe that possibility it will be 37 to 1, 38 to 1, maybe even next year, a possibility 39 to 1. I don't think that's going to happen. So what does this mean as an investor? What does it mean as an expat? It means that if you're coming from a country like the United States and holding on to dollars, bringing your money here to Thailand is giving you increased buying power. 10, 12, 15% more. So you're buying more home. And that's one of our strategies. That's what we've been doing this year. It's what I'm advising my clients, my family members, and very, very close friends. Because I feel that the US dollar, like other analysts, people that are smarter than me, much richer than I am, feel that the US dollar will eventually start to tank when it officially goes into recession, maybe next year. Because this is what's going to happen, folks. Everyone's pissed off at Jerome Powell. The feds just aren't doing what they need to do. The feds, historic, it doesn't matter what administration, they're always one or two steps behind bankers and what's needing to be done. So instead of halting these rate increases, they're going to keep doing it. Powell just mentioned that expect the American public to have a little bit of pain, feel a little pain. It's going to be, it's going to hurt. That means they are not stopping these interest rate hikes. So as they hike the interest rates, obviously everything gets more expensive, but the dollar is strong, but there is going to be a time in the not so near future, which could be at towards the end of this year, or Q1 or Q2 of next year, well, the Fed's gonna realize, oh, well, it looks like these interest rate hikes, it's not bringing down inflation. So let's pause it for a minute. Then when they pause it, it's already too late. They're gonna realize, oh, that didn't help either. So the only playbook that the Fed has now is basically printing more free money for everybody to stimulate the economy, just like what happened over the pandemic. Everyone got these, these 
uh, checks. And what do they do? They want to just buy an iPad instead of paying down their debt, buying down all kinds of other crap. Same thing is going to happen. The printer press is going to turn back on maybe sometime next year. And if you're not aware, and it's okay, if you're not financially savvy, when governments print more money and circulate more money, that devaluates the currency. So in the not so near future, the writing is on a wall. The printing presses will probably come back on to stimulate the economy. That means the US dollar may depreciate. So what this also means is the Thai bot will probably become stronger. So here is an opportunity that you don't want to miss. I already talked about the opportunities that you've already missed, which as I mentioned was my number one episode right now. Now I want to talk about opportunities that's coming that I don't want you to miss. So right now, if you don't know what to do, and you think that you're, you have a strong possibility, maybe you wanted to move here to Thailand or diversify your assets, well, buy some Thai real estate. Don't go to the bank and, or go online and buy Thai bot. That's not, I don't want to say stupid because that's a harsh, harsh word. That's not a wise financial decision. Please do not do that. Please do not do that. What I'm saying is, is come to Thailand, buy Thai real estate, because number one, because of the weakening of the Thai bot, you're literally getting real estate at a 10, 12, 15% discount because of the strength of the US dollar. Then in addition to that is, we're still kind of in that pandemic pricing. As I mentioned in one of my prior episodes, the fire sales are gone. The killer pandemic pricing that, uh, and promotional rates that developers are doing, those are all gone. But there are still some still available. So with a developer, for some example, some of our developers are still willing to give a 3%, 5%, 6% discount. So with that and the strength of the dollar, you're almost buying property here at a 15 to maybe 20% discount. So you're diversifying your assets into other real estate. And you're also basically invested in a national currency. So in a not so near future, when the US dollar devaluates, you don't want to, you don't want to hold the bag of that. The example I just gave is a people that are so, so emotionally tied to investments that just go down with the ship. Good example, most recent example, all those meme stocks from GameStop and most recently Bed Bath & Beyond. All those people that didn't sell. They thought it was going to go, uh, they thought it was going to go to $69. They thought it was going to go to $100. They thought it was going to go up to $300, but no. The squeeze, the squeeze was there, but it topped out right around 30 bucks. And all those people holding a bag at Bed Bath & Beyond now are sinking ships. Now that stock went down to like eight bucks. And some of them still refuse to sell. 
Don't be that person. Don't be that investor. Think ahead and think about how you can diversify your investments and your assets. What are the big boys doing? Follow them. Why is BlackRock and so many investors now kind of shying away from crypto and shying away from equities and also gold and silver, precious metals? I'm one of them because I know I can buy it later at a cheaper price. Not that I've given up on crypto. I think crypto is still one of the best investments out there, especially for the future. I believe in it 1,000%. It's a fantastic asset. It's a fantastic investment. It's just it's getting killed. So why buy Bitcoin now when it's hovering? It just dipped below 20,000. When it's hovering at 19,000, when there's a strong possibility, yes, you've heard numbers from Kiyosaki down to 3,000. I don't think they go that low. But there's a possibility Bitcoin can be at 12,000. 13,000, 15,000. Why not buy in those low prices instead of buying now? Same with equities. Some of my favorite stocks Apple, Google. Why not buy later when those can be discounted at 20%, at 25%? Same with gold. Gold's going down, it's down to 1,700 per ounce and it's going to go lower. Same with silver. Why not wait? So what are these big investors doing? They're buying real estate. Look at BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager with $10 trillion under management. And they're not the only one that's buying real estate. But don't buy overinflated real estate. So don't tell yourself, hey, BlackRock and other, and other managers are just gobbling up real estate. Well, they're buying real estate at a good price. They're not buying at the overinflated price like right now, especially we've already reached the top of the market and now the market is declining slowly and steady. So you want to still buy real estate, but emerging countries like Thailand are a better choice. Because since the pandemic, because we rely heavily on Chinese buyers, that's our number one foreign demographic. They haven't been able to come to Thailand. And especially now, if you're not aware of what's going on in China, were you aware that the Chinese GDP, 20 to 25% of GDP is real estate? That is huge. That is a huge number, folks. That is a huge number. And the largest, second largest developer ever grant is still having issues. They haven't paid back their debt. They claim that they're trying to shuffle or reorganize it, they're not doing jack shit. They're going to go under. And that's just one of many developers in China. China doesn't have just an oversupply problem. China has a monster that's ready to pop. Were you aware there are close to more, maybe 50 million, that's 50 million unsold empty units in China? 50 million folks. That is astounding. So a lot of people are claiming, like I said, the people who are smarter and richer than I am, that there's a strong possibility that the real estate bubble may pop in China. 
and it may become like a Lehman Brothers, like a big giant catastrophe of what happened in the United States back in 2007. And it's going to affect the world. So here in Thailand, our real estate prices haven't inflated and deflated like what happened back in 2007, 2008 in the United States. It hasn't increased like it has lately. It just stays slow and steady. But that's what you want, especially in very turbulent times like that. You want slow and steady. So that is what we're doing. That is what I'm recommending to my friends. That's what I'm doing for my clients. That's what I'm doing for my family. We're buying Thai real estate, but we're not buying any Thai real estate. If you're new to this episode, man, please refer back of quite a few episodes of different types of strategies. The real estate buying strategies that made you hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in your Western country, you cannot apply those same strategies here in Thailand thinking that you're going to make millions of dollars. It doesn't. It will not work. I tried it. I made a lot of mistakes. But what works is buying the most luxury development in the best location, the best brand, and buy as much real estate as you can, even if it's the smallest unit in that building or the smallest townhome in that community. But you always buy ultra luxury, the luxury here in Thailand, because those are the only properties that appreciate. We do have an oversupply problem, but not even close to what's happening, not even close to what's happening in China. Nothing, not even close in that magnitude. But the oversupply biggest problems are in beach communities like Pattaya and like Phuket. People can't sell because those two beach cities rely heavily on foreign tourists and foreign buyers. We were just in Pattaya, nothing close to what it was pre-pandemic. And there are way too many units for sale. We have an excess supply here in Bangkok, but those are all middle to low-end homes and condos. But the high-end stuff, still few and far between. That's why I say temp, it, the only good real estate investments in Thailand are about 10%. And most of them, majority of them, are here in Bangkok. So you have to be very careful in what you pick and you have to be very careful who you work with. But if you do the right thing, you'll be fine. You'll have a nice balanced portfolio of real estate, which is the asset that everyone's putting their money into, in a top emerging country, and also getting your money out of a Western country like the United States, where there's more depression, there's more financial heartache. Here, what? Instant noodles went up 5%, 10%. Does that affect you? No, it doesn't. It does not affect you whatsoever. The reason why I brought up this episode is 
is that I've had a few friends. I've had a few friends wondering, you know, what's the new play? What, what are we doing? How are we protecting our assets? And this is one of them. Putting or buying assets here, basically all, all of our money is here, all of mine is, and it has been for a very long time, gives me peace of mind, gives my family peace of mind, gives my friends that are here, gives my clients that are here a peace of mind that regardless of what direction, which is the direction is going down, in Western countries like the United States or like UK, we still have the peace of mind that our assets are staying steady and that we're still going to be able to maintain the lifestyle that we want. Where today, you may feel a little bit of pinch. What is it going to be like next year? What is it going to be like in 2024, 2025? Because earlier this year and late last year, Everybody was predicting that we're going to reach the bottom this year, 2022. Obviously, it didn't happen. Bottom is not even close. Now, analysts are saying 2023 to 2024. And then you have people like Robert Kiyosaki and other analysts. Robert Kiyosaki is a little bit sometimes too much on the right, just, just left field. It's just... Too, doom, too much doom and gloom with him. Uh, same with, uh, what is it, Harry Dent. I've read his books. I mean, he's a great author. But what the problem is with those two guys is they're right. They're absolutely right. The government should be doing this. The government should be doing that. People should be doing this and that. But the problem is, is even though it's the right thing to do, the federal government is going to do that. Like Dent, you'll see a bunch of YouTube videos of him being interviewed uh, by top financial journalists to articles written about him. Same with Kiyosaki. They're like, oh, the government needs to do this and this and this. If they don't do that, Bitcoin's going to go down to $1,000. ETH is going to go down to $300. Well, what they don't realize is, is that, yes, that's what the government should be doing, but they never do that. So we have to be realistic. I do feel that we do have another, you know, 20, 25% to 50% lower when it comes down to equities and crypto. Precious metals are going to get lower too. Home prices are going to start really deflating next year. So um, real estate is a slow burn. The match has already been lit and you're seeing the burn now. But don't sit there. In terms of don't hold a bag of bad assets. That's their trend is going down. You have to get out of that, sell out of that. Say, okay, I lost some money. At least I have enough money to play another day. Then put it into countries, economies, emerging markets like Thailand, and hold a bag of assets that's winning the trend is going up not going down and also where regardless of what the market's doing 
you're still going to be fine. How many, how many of you listening to this right now are doing fairly well? Maybe your annual income is anywhere 500,000, a million, million and a half. You're doing pretty good, but you're still concerned. You don't know if what's the future of your company. Anything can happen. Massive layoffs are already started. Consumer, uh, consumer uh, debt is rising. I definitely believe without a doubt that consumers are going to burn through the last of their credit for this Christmas season. And then starting next year, they are not, they're going to stop payment. They're going to stop paying down their credit cards and their car payments. Don't be one of those people that's too quick to forget. What happened to me during the last financial um, rut, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, that is still very fresh in my mind. I never forget. So many people are quick to forget and make the same mistakes. Cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle. Don't make those same mistakes. Think about how hard that was. How difficult was it when you lost everything back then and rebuild everything? Well, the great thing about Thailand is I'm not going to lose anything here because we're set. It doesn't matter what the economy does around the world. We're set. China collapses, U.S. collapses. doesn't matter. We have no debt. Food prices are cheap. Utilities cheap, living expenses, if that happens, it'll, they'll go down even further. Supply chain issues have never been an issue here because we're so close to other Asian countries that supply the rest of the world. Where countries like the United States, everything gets imported. Where hopefully they're making some changes. And the first change is developing, developing, um, Silicon chips domestically in the United States instead of outsourcing it out to China, Taiwan. But that's still long-term coming. But do you see the United States, when it comes to agriculture, most of the stuff is brought in from Mexico, brought in from Asia. Do you see the farmlands turning up anytime soon other than just growing corn for feed for animals? Really, truly growing more food, producing more food for Americans? No. You know, the one very interesting thing about Australia and New Zealand is when I was there, not a lot of their food is imported. A lot of the food is produced domestically. Thailand is the same. A lot of the food that we eat is produced here, locally, domestically. So if the whole world goes to shit, these large, major, uh, powerful nations like China and the United States, we're still fine. Everything is fine. That's what you have to remember. Nobody wants to think about times like that. Bill Ga People like Bill Gates wants to paint this fluffy picture of saying, uh, the world today is actually better than it was before. 
Yeah, sure. Technology is, makes our life easier, but the world is more violent. For some odd reason, there's more anger, more suffering. Do you really feel that your life, just society in general where you live, do you feel it's better now than it was two or three decades ago, or maybe when you were a kid? I sure as hell don't with the United, living in the United States. Maybe I was too young, too naive, but when I talk to my parents, talk to my friends, everyone felt that back in the 80s and 90s, people still were able to make enough money, provide a substantial enough of an income to have a nice home over their head, have one or two cars, vacations, and still have money left over for savings. Where today, that's all luxury now. What's it gonna be tomorrow? And then the year after that, and the decade after that. I'm trying to ingrain as much as I can so it really hits home, so you're not just sweeping stuff under the carpet, hoping things are gonna get better. Your life, every single year, is getting a little bit worse and more stress. That means more health problems. That means potential depression. That means relationships are going to crumble. Just getting inherently worse and worse and worse. When I come back to the United States, what's the first thing that I see? Angry, frustrated, unhappy people. When I come here to Thailand, everyone's happy, not just the locals. Also the foreigners that live here are happy. I, like many, many other foreigners, tell ourselves, why didn't I come here sooner? I tell myself, why did I waste my effing time in Latin America where I could have been here with more opportunities? Do you see any country in Latin America saying that there are more and more millionaires and, and billionaires in this Latin country. No. In fact, if anything, it's more of an exodus going to richer countries like in North America. But you see that here in Asia. This region is the home of the fastest growing population of new millionaires and billionaires for a reason. Why is it that there's so much depression in a place like the United States? Suicide is growing. Most recently, people getting shot in Safeway. Teenage kid walking around just shooting people. Where are you safe? Nowhere. Here I feel safe. I definitely don't feel safe in Pattaya. But again, that's an armpit, armpit of Thailand. So I'm spending time there. But Bangkok? Man, I feel safe here. Hua Hin Cha'am? I feel safe. Even Jom Tien. Even Jom Tien, that's only 10, 15 minutes from, from Pattaya, it's literally night and day. When I was in Isan, beginning when I first came here, I was in Obon. I felt extremely safe. 
I feel safe here. How about you? Do you feel safe when you walk out? Do you have the peace of mind that what you saved up, your financial snapshot right now is going to last you the rest of your life? Are you confident enough that your home is going to hold its value? Are you confident enough that your job is secure? Are you confident enough that your monthly income is going to stay the same and is going to pay the bills? I think I can answer that for you. Many of you are saying no. It's a hard, hard question to ask yourself. You have to take out the unicorns and rainbows and really, really sit down and look at it logically, unemotionally, and I can say most of you, it's a big fat no. Do you wake up every single morning and say, yeah, that was a great day? You know, there are two types of two types of people in this world. There's one type, which is a mass majority of people. Actually, I'm sorry, there's three types. So there's three types. The first type is the individual, and, and we know these people, maybe you're one of them. I hope you're not. You wake up in the morning and you're like, fuck, my life sucks. Sorry to curse, but there's no really other way to use that to make a point. There are plenty of people out there that wake up literally in the morning hoping that they didn't wake up and they're dead. And they're like, I got to go through this grind of getting through the day. My life sucks. My relationship sucks. My job sucks. I have nothing in the bank. I'm not even living paycheck to paycheck. I have to dip through credit every at the end of each month to pay bills. There's no end in sight. I'm just going to go shoot myself eventually. There are those type of people. And there are a lot of them. And there are a lot of them that you don't even know about. There are, there are these type of people that may be your friend, your coworker, and they may come to work with a smiley face, meet you for happy hour, think everything's great. But when they get home, it is a whole different story because of the front stage and backstage. And that backstage is really who they are. Then there's this other individual. This is the vast majority of people. They wake up in the morning without a smile, without a frown, just numb. They're not happy, but they're not sad. They're just numb. They just have enough energy to get through the day. And at the end of the day, they're not happy. They're not sad. They're just numb. Then they start the whole cycle again. And when you ask those people, how are things? Yeah, it's okay. But when you know these people for decades, you know the type of relationships they have, the company they keep, you, you probably know their financial picture where you're like, Jesus, man, I feel sorry for them. That person has a shitty life. But they're saying it's okay because they, they're constantly fooling themselves. And these are the people that just sweep stuff under the carpet. Any shitty or bad news, they just hope it goes away, sweeping under the carpet. 
shitty relationships, eh, I just ignore my husband, I just ignore my wife, ignore my kids. Sweep it out on the carpet. They're really good at sweeping on the carpet. But they're not happy, they're not sad. And that is a whole majority, that's a vast majority of Americans out there. Then you have a very small fraction of these other people. And, and these other people, they can be poor, they can be middle class, but they're also, they can also be rich, but there are very few of them. These are the people that wake up in the morning and say, fuck, my life is awesome. This is fucking great. I can't believe I get to do this every day. I can't believe, you know, The Rock says it best. I, I really, really like Dwayne Johnson. Hardworking, positive, just very one on Hollywood to not just, just be a great guy, great, great leader, a, a real role model. And he says it best. I tell myself that I get to do this every single day. And those are the people that are few and far between. Every day is a great day. Because they, they get to get up and do this again. Growing up, I had a very tough time waking up. Just kind of a messed up kid. I had a great family, just, but parents, they don't, kids don't come with instruction manuals. Doesn't matter how great of a parent you are, kids can be messed up. I was messed up. I was just insecure and just angry, but obviously I fixed that. I'm not that person anymore. But many people do not fix that. So which category are you? Are you one, two, or three? I'm definitely three. But it wasn't always three. Definitely wasn't three when I was young. And when I moved to California uh, to, to work in corporate America, I was kind of getting to my three. So I was always kind of in the three, in and out from a two and three when I lived in California. Then making more money, having more things, I was kind of retracting more to a two than a three because making more money came with so much more headaches and hassles and more people in my life that I didn't want around. Costa Rica was definitely a good hard two, Latin America. Wake up like, ah, this is okay. Kind of disappointing actually. But coming here to Thailand, it's like this, it's, it's like, have you ever done something stupid like this when you're a kid and put one of, put one of those, um, those uh, plastic bags over your face and just try to breathe? Just, just stupid stuff. You know, we all do stupid stuff. But you know, when you put the bag over your face, even though it's clear, you have this blurry vision. So the vision isn't quite clear because it's a plastic bag over your face. And obviously it's hard to breathe. When I came to Thailand, that is the best analogy. When I first came here, and 10 plus years later, I, I think I'm like 12 or 13 years now, 
I felt like I always had that styrofoam bag with my face. My vision was kind of foggy and it was hard to breathe that this bag was just lifted over my head. It's like, bam, my vision is clear. Wow, I can breathe. Life is fucking great. Also what makes life great is peace of mind. What makes life great? Excellent relationships. My wife, my family, my handful of great friends. Less stress. Life is great. I don't want to sound corny. I want that for you. You deserve it. You don't deserve wake up every morning saying my life sucks or my life is just okay with no end in sight. You deserve to get up in the morning in a home of your dreams, whether it's a beachfront condo with an unobstructed ocean view or to, or to a five to 7,000 square foot estate on a golf course with a view of the golf course with a membership to the country club, live-in maid, driver. You deserve that. You deserve to have great meals, every single meal. Not saying, oh, you know what? Everything's getting so expensive. Man, Jesus, freaking restaurants. My favorite restaurant that costs maybe, you know, for dinner for two of us, maybe costs 100 bucks. Now it's like 200 bucks or 300 bucks. Those words never should utterly come out of your mouth. You deserve having a peace of mind that you look at your financial statement, you're like, ha, I have more than enough money for two lifetimes. I'm good. You deserve to look in a mirror and tell yourself, this is the best shape I've ever been in my life. I'm walking more, I'm exercising more. I have a smile on my face because I'm less stressed. My family is happier. My relationships are better. You deserve to wake up not having to worry that, oh my God, my, my freaking investment portfolio is just going to shit. I don't, know what, I'm, I don't know what to do. If I sell, then that's a cold hard truth that I made wrong decisions and I lost money. So I'm just not gonna sell. I'm just gonna hold my bag and go down with the ship like a dumbass. You don't deserve that. You deserve clarity. And when you have everything coming at you, and that's one of the problems I had with the United States, everything was hitting me from family to friend, and I have a shitload of friends coming at me. Um, main job as you know, running my company, Compass Group International, but then also I, I'm an, an investor. So I have stuff coming at me there. Then I have then I have bills and I have not just second and third homes, I have fourth, fifth, sixth homes and I had multiple cars and then I had uh, credit card bills and not all my homes are paid off. So I had tons of mortgages and then I had lines of credit and then it just, everything was just so stressful. Just so stressful. And I was getting fatter too. 
Actually, it was the most unhealthiest time in my life. Was getting towards that end, getting close to that 20, uh, 2007, 2008. I was 225 pounds. And that's the fattest I've ever been. And I didn't really work out too much. Horrible relationships. And I didn't have that peace of mind, even though I kept, just for ego purposes, a minimum balance in my checking account of a million dollars, I was still fearful that I was going to lose it all. Eventually did. And also because I got more insecure in my neighborhood of all these other just extremely, extremely wealthy neighbors made me insecure. So when I wake up in the morning, what's, what else can I buy? What else can I, can I buy and show up to the world that I am successful? Wake up to, oh my God, look at all these freaking mortgage payments, utilities. Just look at all these freaking bills. It's like never ending. Wake up to employees that are just lazy, stealing from me. Wake up to investments of, oh my God, I'm holding a big bag of real estate that's worth millions that's about to go sideways. That was the worst feeling I ever had in my life. Waking up one morning and my master bedroom uh, faced, uh, I had a little peekaboo view of the harbor. Waking up in the morning and I was just by myself. It was my dog Ono next to me. And uh, my parents were in Vegas, uh, so they weren't visiting me. My brother was in Vegas. So I woke up. And it was right around, I can't remember when, 2007, when it just occurred to me, this is before really all the news of Lehman Brothers and, and, all, and WAMU and all these places that basically, you know, going to be bankrupt and the housing crisis. I already knew this. And it was this horrifying feeling of, fuck, I'm going to lose everything here. It was surreal. The house of my dreams, I'm going to lose. Look, yeah, I was still able to sell it, still make a little bit of profit, but still a million dollars less than I could have sold it for. But all these other investments were going to be underwater. My one-year arms were expiring. My interest rates were going up. The Fed kept increasing, increasing, increasing interest rates. Every time it did, literally, my heart skipped a beat like, oh, crap, this sucks. And then it was during a week, and then my parents came down to visit that weekend. And, uh, you know, we're sitting in having a barbecue, and I cooked up some nice steaks, and I broke the news to them. I told them, literally just blunt, I'm gonna lose everything. They're like, what? I said, yeah, uh, with the interest rates that keep increasing, and with, uh, I, I can't sell my homes, it's just too much oversupply. Can't get rid of them. I can't even sell them for, 
what the mortgage is on them. I'm going to lose everything. There are a few homes I can sell. I'll still make some money like this one, the one in Newport. And as it was a surreal feeling. But luckily, I had my other investments outside the United States that had no debt. And again, that was my saving grace. That was my plan Z. Thank God for that. So how many of you are waking up to that horrifying news today. I think there's a lot. And it's only going to get worse. Or here in Thailand, you're not downsizing, folks. You're not moving from this wonderful beach city or this wonderful, awesome city to some shithole, podunk uh, place like the Midwest where you don't want to go. Well, you have to downsize. You don't have to do that here. If anything, you're supersizing it because it's affordable. Like I said, is if you want the same, the average millionaire, the millionaire next door, great book. Average millionaire has a home that's roughly about 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. You live in that now. That home right now, let's just make it easy. Let's just say it's in, uh, it's in Irvine, California. That home, at least, at least a million two, maybe a million five. Let's just make numbers easy. Be conservative and say it's a million dollars. Okay? And you're, and you're asking yourself, okay, shit's going sideways. Well, now, I don't know the stability of my job, they're laying people off, or if you're an owner of a company, business may be drying up. But now you're telling, now you're gonna have to break the news to your family is we're gonna have to downsize. Here, you don't have to downsize. You can have the same exact home here in Thailand, whether it's here in Bangkok, or in a beach city like Hua Hin or Cha Am, or even Jom Tien, for $200,000. Literally, you can pay for that cash with a line of credit that you have. For 200,000 bucks. Or that person that is more wealthy, that let's say has a $5 million home, maybe up in Newport Coast, that's only about 3,000, 4,000 square feet, doesn't even have a view, Maybe just a little bit of view. Shit's going sideways. That same exact home, sitting up high with an ocean view, that same exact home will be roughly about $750 to a million dollars. So transferring your life here, you're not downsizing. It's not a lower lifestyle. You're not lowering your lifestyle. And it's not a parallel change. You're upsizing. In McDonald's terms, you're supersizing. You're supersizing your life. So, the, you know, what we're doing financially, and again, it's not financial advice, I have to say that. Uh, do what you need to do. 
you know what you need to do for your, what's best for your family. But that is, this is what I'm doing for my family. Everybody's moving here. Everyone's moving here. No debt. Nobody has debt. Clearing out all debt. Homes, same size to larger. Actually, all of them are larger. And we're diversifying our assets here in Thailand. Because I feel this is the best place to be. The best Asian country to be. Because we're not going to have war on anyone. We're not going to have any future wars with anyone. Um, a lot of the foods are produced domestically. Everything still is extremely low, inexpensive. Even if inflation were to go crazy in cost, remember the average Thai makes about two to three hundred dollars a month, and those are the ones that are kind of like middle class, just below middle class. Poor people they make about a, less than a hundred bucks a month. So it's not like you can have we can have rapid crazy inflation here, and price price increases. No, it doesn't affect you and I. "Quote unquote, we're rich Americans. We're rich foreigners." living in a country where it's inexpensive. It's zero effect on us. That's why we're here. I'm here because every single morning I do wake up and I don't want to sound corny. I wake up, I look over to my wife. I said, God, I'm just, I'm freaking lucky. Can't believe. I, I just, I can't believe my life. It just... I am just shocked. I have such an amazing wife, an amazing family, living in a home of our dreams. Homes, not just home. Literally carefree. Don't have to work. The only reason, like I was telling uh, a couple friends, I'm, I'm now only taking on maybe one or two clients a year. So it's down from you know, from 10 to 5 to 4. Now it's only just a couple per year. And I'm doing it because it's not work for me. It's like Dwayne Johnson doing what he does. He loves what he does. I love what I do. This is not work for me. But the, the revenue that we're generating from that is basically money to spend when the market hits the bottom. I don't need to work, nor does my wife. We do it out of choice and out of love and passion for our business. Does my wife need to continue with her corporate training business? She doesn't. She does not have to work, but she loves it. So I'll end with this. If you don't get to wake up every single morning and say, fuck, my life is fucking awesome. then you need to make some changes. And I really hope you do. And I hope you look at Thailand because it's life-changing for me and it's life-changing for my family. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you in Thailand.